Before we get into today's podcast, here is two ways that I can help you out completely for free on how to lose fat forever and do it while enjoying the process. Firstly, book in your free Fat Loss Forever Blueprint call. This is where I'm going to help you map out the next six months completely free. How to eat, how to sleep, how to train, all that stuff. You can do that at andrewmarshamfitness.com forward slash AMF strategy session. Also, link will be in the description. Next, I can give you a free custom meal plan to get the ball rolling with your nutrition. Go to andrewmarshamfitness.com forward slash meal dash plan dash application. Again, link will be in the description. And if you want to know more about our AMF four-hour workout week program and where I will help you guarantee you get a life-changing result over the next six months and lose fat forever, that's andrewmarshamfitness.com forward slash get dash fit dash fast. Again, linked in the description. Let's get into today's episode. I'm so tired. There's not enough hours in the day. Bullshit excuses. I've got too much to do. I have to work late. I have to run the kids around. The bullshit excuses. I have to get up early tomorrow. They end now. This is fitness for nine to fivers. You work day to day jobs. In fact, you may even have two, and you've been trying to fit in a healthy lifestyle. We have the solution. This is fitness for nine to fivers. And this is Andrew Marsham. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness for Nine to Fivers podcast with myself, Andrew Marsham. Today, we are joined by someone who's drinking a very large protein shake. <laughs> and that is Mr. Cameron Ralph. Cameron, how are you doing today, mate? Buzzing, buzzing. Happy to be here. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. That's what I like to hear. Um, how's, your, how's your day and your week been so far, Cameron? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, it's Monday, so it's always uh, always got to start off pretty well. If it's crap by now, then uh, then you're in a world <laughs> for the rest of the week. But um, yeah, it's yeah, been good. Um, yeah, did a, a mental health first aid course, and Dan, who's just joined, was the instructor on it. So many thanks to that, Dan. It was really good. Um, but yeah, yeah, cracking, cracking course, and something that you know. Now that I'm aware of it, it actually makes sense that. You know, it's equally as important as physical health, and yeah, 100%. But, it, but it's something that you know you don't really hear much about. So, yeah, very true. To dive into something different. Very true. Mate. We'll, we'll find out a bit more about, about that. I'm sure in this episode. So, first, quick question to to kind of set the tone. Me, I like to start these off with a, a stupid question. <laughs> so, what is if if you could be a fictional character, who would it be and why? Um. To be fair, it would probably be Boromir from Lord of the Rings. Nice. I think, I think uh, just, just, just an absolute hero uh, towards the end of the film. I mean, there's probably parts of where you know he kind of fucks up, which I think most of us do. Yeah. Um, but he comes back, redeems himself, and just uh, plays an absolute blinder right towards the end. So, so yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say Boromir. Fantastic, mate. I love it. I love it. What would yours be then? Oh, um, that's a question. <laughs> <laughs> I I must admit I like Iron Man. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan. <laughs> he's, he's got some. He's got some gadgets. Like he's got a few things. <laughs> it's in the 21st like, century. I like I like his attitude as well. 
Parker. Um, so, so, so I can't argue with that. I think I'd go with Iron Man. Um, <laughs> so, so I mean, myself and, and Cameron are like, kind of live on Instagram just now. Obviously, we'll get a few a few people are listening, but this is going to be posted back to the, the Fitness for 95ers podcast. So for anyone who's listening back in the podcast, Cameron, Give us a quick story about yourself, what you do, how you get into to kind of coaching and training and things like that, and we'll, we'll take it from there, mate. Yeah, so I'll summarise the last like sort of the last five years up and total. So um, well, I've always been into the gym, always enjoyed it. Um, whilst playing rugby, playing for club, and then university. Uh, so I went to university. I studied strength and conditioning science um, from 2014 to 2017. Yeah, um, and then from there. I took a year out, I lived in Italy for nine months, and then as soon as I came back, um, got straight into working for myself, so under my own brand, which is quite handy. Just been self-employed for the last two years, I think nine months now, so nearly coming up to three years. Uh, just a quick background about myself, is just, you know, I, I enjoy helping people, I work with uh, a wide variety of clients, uh, but obviously both female, uh, male and female and of all different shapes, ages, abilities um, and obviously different goals at the end of the day. So it makes my job very fulfilling and it always, you know, to an extent keeps me on my toes because I guess the last thing you want to do is to have that repetitive same sort of clientele. So, so, yep. so it's quite nice to be able to have, um, again, that variety to to constantly update your your services as a coach um, yeah. and then also to be able to I guess branch out and, and learn from other people you know I've learned yeah. lots from certainly some of my clients from some of their jobs some of their lifestyles and it's given me a chance to to expand as a person yeah. really absolutely sounds good mate sounds good and, and, and there wasn't really in the, the kind of scripty questions but what was the what was the experience in Italy like how did you enjoy that for the nine months that you go there uh, so it, it's something that I've come to realize like now I look back on it I treasure the memory so much more when I look back at it than when I was there. Particularly. Yeah. Um, so I won't, I won't go into details, but it was uh, it was a wicked experience. I loved it. Uh, but there were times of it where it's, it was kind of difficult um, just because I think I've been very lucky by surrounding myself with lots of friends, uh, you know, family, you know, university, you know, other students, that kind of thing. Uh, and to go from being quite sociable to that to being in then a very small group out there um, was quite quite a change for me. Yeah, good. Like I loved it, and it, it, again, it, it it almost linked in towards my coaching as well. Is like, so I te- I taught English out there, so you've got to try and find a structure from you know the technical model, you know yeah, of how it is, but then apply it to how that person will actually understand it, and especially trying to teach it yeah. in another language. So my goal was obviously try and get them to speak as much English as possible but when you speak to some students that had very little English I had to try and brush up on what my new amount of value I had um, <laughs> but again you know looking back at it I, I treasure the memories in the sense of like I, I managed to go and learn to snowboard whilst I was out there you know managed to go there on a few weekends just for like the day and so that got my exposure uh, to snowboarding more and more which is fantastic uh, met some amazing people, uh, some of which I'm still in contact with now. Uh, one of my clients as well um, is, is someone that I, I worked with out there who happens to be, um, uh, who I still communicate with. So that's really good. So yeah, I loved it. Excellent, mate. Excellent. Sounds good. Um, let, let's kind of get straight into the first point then. Uh, I've been, I was obviously having a look over your content and things like that before we come on. 
Um, and and one thing that you tended to talk about a lot about is mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, your mobility Monday series. So, how important is mobility working, and how neglected do you think it is as well um, by the vast majority of people? Probably myself included. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think we're all we're all certainly guilty of it. It's uh, something that it's it's the the less like sexy way to train. Like yeah. you know, you can you can measure your back squat and you know you can see I put 5, 10, 15 kilos on in 15, you know, 15 weeks or whatever. Um, so you, you, you have that quantifiable uh, progression yeah. from weight to weight, from number of reps, sets, tempo, all those traditional right, um, progressive overload me- uh, metrics. The, what I find with mobility is that it's a lot less interesting. Like you're not going to sit there and measure your hamstring mobility by one degree each week or you're not going to get your goniometer out and measure your joint angles. Um, so I think it's less quantifiable. So I think instantly that, you know, it takes a backseat for a lot of people. Um, you know, you don't compare your length, you don't compare your length of your hamstring to, to your mate and go, right, well, I can touch the floor and you can't. <laughs> but if someone's going to say I can squat 150 and you can only squat 140. So yeah, it means I'm better than you. So, um, so, yeah, I, I think it's something that's massively overlooked. Um, I think there are ways in which you can integrate it into training uh, a, a lot easier. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Uh, a lot easier than, you know, than just spending, you know, 20 minutes and just doing static stretching at the end of the session. Um, so I'll quickly touch on some of the benefits. Uh, the benefits, obviously, with mobility is that you get more mobile. Um, yep. You're able to work through bigger ranges of motion in which you can stress your muscle through that bigger range of motion so you can get stronger, build muscle in, again, all different positions. Um, obviously, the benefit of that is that if you look at it from a negative point, if you can only squat, you know, to, you know, 60, 70 degrees of knee flexion, um, if you then happen to get buried underneath that, you're in no man's land, you spent no time there. Um, so from there, you're, you know, if you find yourself in there, you're kind of buggered. Um, so it's important for, in a sense of movement, for us to be able to try and get to these, these more, not extreme ranges of motion, but these full ranges of motion. Yeah. Um, we've all got the ability to do it. I mean, you, you watch kids, uh, you know, young toddlers uh, who just manage to pick up their stuff from the floor. They sit in a perfect squat. Um, they're not taught how to do that. It's something that is just instinctive to them for them to pick, you know, go down their, their balance, um, you know, their knees go over their toes, their bum goes back and their torso's upright. Yeah. It's, it's the perfect model to keep everything in line. But I think what happens as soon as we turn to the age of four, five and six, where we get conditioned to sit in chairs all day long, we run around, we do more aerobic activity, certainly when we're younger. Uh, we, you know, if, the famous saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, we've all got the potential to do it. I mean, some people have different joints and some people have different length femurs and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I, I believe that we've all got the potential to do it at some point. Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. A way that you can integrate it really easy uh, into your training without having to actually spend, you know, a great deal of time at the end of it is just put it put it in the middle of your session. So one thing that I'll try and program with clients will be, the, you know, you've got your first compound lift, so say your back squat. You've then got your, your next lift, which usually I pair it with an upper body, so at least you can you know, merge the two and get more done. But then the third one, and using this as your active rest period, is to you know, either do some sort of foam rolling, uh, do some sort of 
you know, joint mobility, so whether that's some hip circles, some upper back rotations, some lower back rotations, something like that. So at least that way you can set, you know, a three minute window where you have to get your squats done, your upper body paired exercise, then your mobility. As soon as that mobility is done, you're straight back into the squats. So it, it saves you having to sit there, you know, tapping on your phone, you know, yeah. checking, you know, Instagram or whatever. It just gives you the time to put, you know, that 30, 40, 50 seconds of mobility into your session without having, without you having to sit there for the next 20 minutes afterwards doing yeah. it. Sounds good, mate. I like that. I like that. I'm going to give that a go. <laughs> that's, that, that sounds fantastic. That, that'll certainly hold me accountable to getting it done. Um, let's let's move on to, to something else in nutrition-wise. Let's talk protein. What mm-hmm. specifically your recommendations around protein to potential clients or to anyone who's listening who's looking to build some muscle, improve their strength, improve muscle tone, and, and maybe throw in some of your favourite sources there as well for us, Cameron? Yeah, so I guess... I mean, it's, it's a very variable number depending on person to person. Um, so with some literature, you can sit between as little as one gram of protein. And again, the, the, the one golden answer that I give to everyone is it depends. Um, like, so, you know, your, your, quality, your quantity of protein might be different to me based upon the height and weight that you are. Um, so what I would say is that if you're, not looking to build too much muscle, but you want to preserve like lean muscles. So say, say if you're like an endurance athlete, you'd sit towards the lower end because you don't, you don't want to bulk up. You don't want to add more mass than it's needed. You just want to make sure that your muscles have sufficient protein in order to recover from the stresses of training. Um, so you'd probably be sitting, you know, as little as maybe 1.2 grams per kilo of body mass. Uh, but then as you move up the spectrum, so if you're more, of wanting to be a, a you know bodybuilder add mass for example you could be sitting at around 1.6 to 2 grams uh, per kilo of body mass uh, there is literature to show that you can go up to 2.2 grams uh, per kilo of body mass but again like the statistical significance isn't that much more obviously the more you have to a certain extent it will give you that more um, but there's only so much protein that we can ingest typically per serving um, and I think I remember reading, I think Brad Schoenfield, or Schoenfield, I don't know how to pronounce his name, like the, the king of like hypertrophy. Yeah. Um, I think in one of his research papers, it's about 0.4 grams per kilo of body mass per sitting. So say, so I'm, so I'm, so say I'm 100 kilos, which I'm clearly not. Um, but if I was 100 kilos, <laughs> then I'd be having about 40 grams per yeah. sitting of um of protein so even as a 100 kilo athlete there's probably still you probably have to eat multiple times throughout the day to to effectively optimize that amount of protein that you can ingest so if you you know have one big meal of like 120 grams you know some of that's probably going to get wasted it's probably going to get digested and essentially excreted out so through urine um so to summarize uh between anywhere between like one to 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilo, depending on your sport, your goals and, and your training ability, uh, per sitting, as far as I'm aware, it's like about 0.4 grams per kilo of body mass as well. That's good. Some of my sources of proteins. So, um, so both, uh, animal based and plant based. So I'm vegetarian. So I've been vegetarian for about, I think like six months. Um, which, which has been quite interesting. It's been quite a cool journey. 
I haven't missed meat as much as I thought I would, which is, is quite bizarre. Yeah. Uh, the thing I think I miss most is like when my family are cooking meat in the kitchen and it just smells like so aromatic. It smells amazing. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, oh, I've got to make something that's going to take, you know, 40, 50 minutes to cook. And it's just, oh, I want food now. So sometimes in terms of um, getting some of those sources at lock, it's a bit more difficult and it takes a bit more planning to do. Yeah. But um, so animal-based uh, would certainly be your chicken, your turkeys. There would be some of your leaner sources of protein. And when I was eating it, I'd probably go for thigh, uh, so turkey thigh mints and then uh, chicken thighs as well, yep. just because it's got a tiny bit more fat. So in the sense of... Um, uh, if you were to put on muscle mass and you wanted to, to, to put on weight, for example, having that extra bit of fat would be great in terms of calorie intake. Um, and it keeps better in the fridge as well. So I always found that it's it's a lot more succulent the next day compared to, to chicken breast, which would typically like dry out. And yeah. you end up eating it. You've either got to put a load of sauce on it or you've got to sit there with a pint of water. You take your mouth or you wash it down. Mouth or wash it down. So it's not quite as enjoyable. Yeah. Um, Obviously, other sources you can get, you can get um, your red meats, so your your lean beef, uh, your steak, uh, duck breast if you wanted, lamb. Again, it, it depends on your particular goal. Um, they're typically higher in saturated fats. We do need a little bit, but probably not as much as, you know, Western culture uh, intakes. So, yeah. yes, you can have it every now and then, but I think... The main thing is getting a, a good, a good uh, variety yeah, totally of, um, of meats and vegetables totally. uh, in general. Plant-based stuff, um, quite simple as well. So obviously you can get some imitated meats, which tend to be more soy-based. Um, it's interesting. I, I want to try and research a little bit more about soy because you hear this sort of this bro science talking about, well, it mimics estrogen and then, you know, there's a chance of you getting um, gyno, so certainly, you know, fat tissue around you. Yeah. Your, your chest and what have you. So I want to try and uh, research that a little bit more just to make sure in terms of your whole sources, I would certainly recommend beans, chickpeas, lentils, pulses. Uh, some nuts would be more beneficial than others. So I believe uh, cashews and pistachios are higher in protein and slightly less in fat. Um, obviously you can have things like peanut butter, but be aware of the number of calories that would typically come with those sources. First time you ever wear a, a teaspoon of peanut butter, you get a shock. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no way that's a serving size. <laughs> <laughs> it, <it's laughs> You're just, telling me that's 16 grams? <laughs> this, disappointed. <laughs> and, then, and then you just see the, the, the vast amount <laughs> of calories that come with it. And you yeah. just, I mean, it's great if you want to bulk and great if you want to put that winter weight, but in yeah. terms of summer and you're a little bit more plant-based, it's not the yeah. best source to find. <laughs> but I think now with with the general idea of what's happening, I guess, with the environment in a greater sense, I think there are more of these these products available to those who yeah who who, who don't want to eat meat either for ethical reasons or or yeah. just don't agree with them. What was the what was the reason you went vegetarian, Kevin? Uh, so I was I was dabbling with it for a while, and I think probably it came from more of a, a more of an environmental. Um, I, I guess reasoning. I guess you know if if everyone had like instead of you just thinking, well, everyone else is doing it. Let's uh, 
you know, I'll just join the crowd, for example. If everyone had the mentality of just if they changed themselves and if 7 billion people sort of did that, then again, obviously, they'd, they'd amass uh, a big change. So yeah, I guess probably like, yeah, environmental to begin with. And, and I think just to explore different things as well. Um, and probably a, a big part of it was probably my girlfriend who helps as well. So she's been vegan for, for two years. Um, so it's, it's been an, an optimal time for me to have someone actually guide me almost through the process and show me that food can be equally as enjoyable without meat being that centerpiece. So, I mean, food is, fla- you know, flavors on food is obviously what makes food so enjoyable. I mean, plain chicken breast is boring. I mean, I, I feel sorry for the people who f- feel like they have to just eat yeah. plain chicken and, and broccoli and rice and stuff. And we've all done it. <laughs> we have, we have, I mean, you know, in order to, you know, to get to the physique that we want. But, um, but yeah, having someone almost show me that you can make really, really enjoyable food with tons of flavours. And I think that's the thing that hasn't made me miss meat. I think I relied very much on needing to season that meat and, and that having to be like the most yeah. amazing part of the dish. But whereas if everything sort of sits together on the plate, I think it, it works really, really well. Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Um, what would you say has been your biggest lesson from coaching people? Biggest lesson, I think, um, and it's something that I sort of picked up on on, on the, the first aid course I did this week, uh, this uh, Friday and, and today, is, um, is, is, is making sure that you, you listen to people attentively. So I th- I'd like to think I am a good listener. Um, you know, I take on the information that clients give me and I'll, I'll obviously either work to to get that goal sorted for them or to be able to adapt their program or to adapt, you know, that, you know, their, their nutrition or their calories or whatever it is that's going wrong. But I think to, to really just make sure that, you know, you do listen. And if, if there is like an awkward silence in a training session, it doesn't have to be filled with, you know, that, that chit chat or that small talk, for example, I think it's, yeah, I, I guess that's probably it. Just making sure that I listen and, and, and don't feel like I have to, you know, steer the conversation all the time. Yeah. Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. I like it. I like it. Um, what's switching gears here to, to more of yourself, Cameron? What is your, or what has been your biggest failure as a gym goer, and what have you learned from it as well? Uh, so, I, so I guess probably the biggest failure I had um, was was probably neglecting my mobility. To be fair, so so when I was at university, I. I uh, took part in, uh, you know, I competed at um, Olympic weightlifting. So uh, we we did it as part of the assessment, as as part of the course. So considering I've never done it before, I thought, well, you know, I may as well try and get a head start on it. So I just started learning it. I joined the weightlifting club um, and, and and had the chance to to lift with some very experienced lifters, but then also to be coached by some really really good coaches as well. I guess. With with my enthusiasm to want to get really good at it, I devoted so much time to just the training. So it was just snatches, cleans, clean pulls, squats, and that's pretty much it. So it was almost like five days a week of very, very similar, very leg heavy, excuse me, very leg heavy um, work. But then also then a lot of shoulders, certainly in that overhead and, and that wider grip for your snatch. Um and, and I just started developing shoulder problems, uh, lots of clicks, crunks, uh, pain when I would, you know, certainly if I was to go down for a bodyweight squat, 
that's probably more painful than you know a squat with like 70 kilos on my back so I think when these little aches and pains started to arise that's when I realized like shit I need to do something um and and so I just started integrating mobility into my training and and making sure that I look after myself in the sense of recovery so I'd probably say that was my biggest failure, but also like the biggest lesson, which is, has massively geared my coaching practice to be able to make sure that, you know, my clients are, are in the best position as possible to, to look after themselves. Yeah. You know, for, for a longevity approach as well. I think so many people are very hung up on, you know, very, you know, kind of quick results and, you know, they want yeah, to, they want to get to a hundred kilo back squat like that. Um, you probably could do it if you've got enough sort of like base strength, but then very quickly realize that your knees hurt, your back hurts. And, you know, and it, it, it's, it's very much coupled with just making sure your technique is sound as well. Yeah. Don't race to get there. Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Karen, my action point from this podcast is more mobility work. As I'm, as I'm sitting here, I can feel my back tight. <laughs> so that tells you all you need to know, I think. <laughs> What what is switching gears there more personal for yourself as well, Cameron? So, what's your biggest personal goal for twenty twenty one? I think for twenty twenty one would certainly be. I think I think to get certainly to to a more financially independent um, state, I guess um, to to try and not recover from like last year. So I, I still think I had like quite a, a very successful year, maybe not quite so much like financially, but in terms of what I've learned in terms of the way I've adopted practices, I've been very, very fortunately to have, you know, been able to build this studio. Um, well, I say build it's mainly my dad. Um, but, um, but yeah, very, you know, very blessed to have this space. So I think that's, some, that's something that would certainly get me towards there. Um, and to be able to, I think, really develop some some very good systems in which, you know, I've got this solid routine day to day to be able to sort of promote like my podcast further, um, to be able to to just get more of this presence online. Well, I, I don't want to move into just online coaching, but I think in terms of just stability wherever you go in the world whether you know you wanted to move up north or you wanted to move to the country or even if you move you know two towns over you're not going to ask your clients to come with you so i think it just gives that that stronger base so as you can tell i i waffle a lot and and <laughs> i i, I with all these tangents but i think um, <laughs> certainly the goal would be yeah business orientated would be to to, to more financial independence and then also to uh to build some really solid systems and to, to try and take my business to, to the next level. Sounds good, mate. I like it, Cameron. And to, to finalise, let's let's finish with a quick fire four. So four quick tips for anyone to maximise their workouts, be that at home, in the gym. What are four things that you do or recommend that will maximise someone's performance in a workout? Um, so I guess a, a great thing would be supersets. So usually time is what um, I guess most people struggle with. So uh, if you're able to cram obviously more into a short space of time, then yep. that would uh, that would benefit you. So a superset for those that aren't aren't familiar is where you pair one uh, one and two exercises together. You can pair a third, and it becomes like a tricep and giant sets. Lots of different 
terminologies. But essentially, you do one exercise, then another, then your rest period is after the second one. What I tend to do would be, if it's for a lower body day, I try and do, uh, say, like a squat. So one of my big compound lifts, then I then either pair that with an upper body pull or some sort of power exercise. So whether that's a slam ball, whether that's like a rope slam, whether that's, um, you know, a ball throw towards the wall. Um, it's a great way in which you can train a couple of qualities in a short space of time without the need of sitting there going, right, well, I'll wait two minutes after my squats, then I'll wait another two minutes. The reason I do that is, like, you can obviously fatigue, locally fatigue one set of muscles, then go to the other one. Whilst, you're, you know, you're doing your upper body pull, that's when your legs are recovering. When you're then doing the squats, that's when your upper body pull is recovering. So, you know, put more exercises together, try and pair them so you're not just using the same muscle. So if you do loads of press-ups and bench press, yeah, you might absolutely smash the bench press, but you can then do two push-ups afterwards. Then you just see your performance go, like, you know, absolutely plummets. Um, so I like, I like, you know, to keep the intensity in terms of weight high. So that's why I tend to pair exercises either um, agonist, antagonist, or upper body and lower body. Yep. That would be one of them. Uh, put your mobility in your training session as well. Um, so... Obviously, interlink it, so whether that's part of the tricep, whether you know, part of your superset, it just gives you a chance just to put some of that in where you don't have to sit towards the end and waste time not waste time, but spend time doing it. Um, but then also prioritize that ability at the start of the session. So, like in day to day habits, get the stuff that you don't want to do first done out of the way because then at least that way you've got the more enjoyable stuff to look forward to. So I always like link it back to when I was a kid and say you've got like, you know, your smiley faces on the plate, um, you know, your southern fried chicken, you know, all that like processed stuff that you just love as a kid. Um, but then you've got your greens on the on the plate as well, or your sweet corn, the stuff you don't enjoy as much. Wolf down all the greens, just get done out of the way. And then from there, you can then save the two other bits. Like that's how I would then look at training. Like do the stuff you don't want to do first. So certainly the mobility, which might, people find boring. Do that first, then you can enjoy the rest of the session. Yeah. Uh, so that's two. I guess the third one, you can maximize it. Um, certainly plan your nutrition. So it doesn't have to be nearly as, as stringent as a strict meal plan. Um, unless, obviously, if you're a physique athlete or you're going to, to try and cut weight for a fight if you're a combat athlete. Um, but certainly just try and plan a series of meals in which, you know, you've got the chance to be able to look at some of the quality of the ingredients you're using, uh, making sure that you can try and hit a protein target with one that's been set by your coach or one that you've been able to, to figure out yourself from other knowledge that you have. Um, but certainly try and plan your meals. And certainly I've found that as vegetarian is that the more that I plan my meals, the better I can stick to my food. If I don't, then that's usually when I'll look and, you know, for example, like having this, like it's a great after training snack. Yeah. But terms of like now I've now got to think of like food on top of that because I mean liquid calories never feel as good you know you can feel it like slosh around in your stomach yeah <laughs> it's, it's not a great feeling but, <laughs> but certainly if you could if you can plan your nutrition loosely and then again the more and more strict if you want to get into that but then you know just, just give yourself an idea as to what um what it is you'd like I guess the last thing uh, to maximise it would be you, you've got to do something you enjoy. Um, I think that's a big part of it. And, and certainly with, you know, COVID and so many people in, 
in the lockdown period, it's it's been really tough for people to continue with home workouts. You know, I mean, it's been what nearly six, seven months of you know from March to March, seven months of that we've been spent at home, not able to go to the gym. Uh, and I've certainly seen it with with clients just saying, look, I'm I'm not interested in doing it. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know do it for the next couple of months. And I totally understand that. And you know, even me having this space here. Um, I still find it difficult to sometimes train because, again, if everything's at home all the time, we can't differentiate between our workspace, our training space, uh, our socialising space, then also our safe spaces at home. Like all of that's now one, and I think people are finding it really difficult. Yeah. So, do something you enjoy, whether that means you just go out for a walk, go out for a two k run, um, walk the dog, you know, wrestle your dog, you know annoy your siblings and try and fight them or something like you know find other ways in which you can do the physical activity without necessarily having to do three sets of 12 tempo split squats and yeah. you know 50 burpees for time and all this sort of stuff so yeah enjoy it fingers crossed i'm praying touch wood everything everything goes to plan the 12th the world in, in which the gyms are open will be hopefully a brighter one for, for many, many people. Certainly in England anyway, I think we've got, we've got a few extra weeks to wait in Scotland. Oh, have you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, oh, oh that's what it is. Fingers crossed. We'll see what's happening here and then Sturgeon's <laughs> just going, fuck it, let's get everything open. That's it, Cameron, we'll get there in the end, mate. Um, Quick one before we go, Cameron. Where can anyone find you? What's the best place to get in contact? And is there anything you want to shout out? I'm, I'm conscious you have a podcast as well, so give that a mention. If you're yeah. for a guest as well, give me a shout, mate. Perfect. Um, so if people want to get get to find me, uh, so my Instagram handle is just Cameron underscore Ralph underscore SC. Uh, so R-A-L-P-H for the Ralph. Um, that'll probably be the best place people can find me. I do have a podcast channel, but that's not as well updated. So I'll probably just end up putting everything on my main account. Uh, my website is www.cameronralphsc.co.uk. So from there, you can see, you know, what's happening in my life. Uh, the blog about the gym, blogs day to day, so, oh, sorry, week to week uh, about, you know, different topics of either nutrition, uh, mindset, coaching, behavior change macros all that sort of stuff so if, if there's any topics people want me to cover you know drop me a dm i'm more than happy to, to either rant about it either on my own podcast um or or, or an instagram live like this the podcast is really annoying because of some for some stupid reason i put podcast in my podcast and then as soon as you type in podcast there's about a million that come up and because i've only got maybe like two subscribers <laughs> it's gonna be like miles down the pecking order um so if you type in my name on Spotify, uh, it, you should see it, and it's a very similar logo to, um, to my branding. I'll, I'll link it in there in the description as well. Perfect. Um, and then if you find it on iTunes, it's just the the CRSC, like that, uh, podcast. So Sounds good. fingers crossed people hear me rant about all sorts of stuff on there, but then also some some fantastic guests. So I'll, I'll have to get you on, on, on for one as well. Any time, you just let me know. <laughs> right, right you. thank you very much my pleasure you've been listening to fitness for nine to fivers with andrew marsham you're a grown-ass human being you have a job maybe two kids errands bills a wife friends 
And while the excuse list gets bigger, so does your waste. That's where Andrew comes in. Until next time, find Andrew on Facebook at andrew.marsham.737 and on Instagram at andrewmarsham underscore fitness. To reach out to Andrew, send an email at amfit1993 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.